Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. We've got some markets making big moves today. We've got gold skyrocketing, Bitcoin doing the exact same thing, but we look at what treasury yields are doing, we look at what the price of oil is doing, and we need to connect the dots here. So let's get right into this article from Zero Hedge and check out what's going on. Then we're going to look at some charts, some specific charts to see the price moves that we're referring to. So we shoot over to Zero Hedge. Let me do the screen share. And uh, title of this article, Why Would Markets Believe Any Central Bank Assurance Ever Again? Good question. Whoops, wrong camera. <laughs> Good question. I don't know why anyone pays any attention to what the Fed says. Uh, they don't really control anything. They might influence to a, a slight degree, but uh, they're just a, a psyop organization so why would you pay any attention to them i don't know but for some reason the market hangs on their every word like they are the arbiter of all interest rates they are the arbiter of the economy they determine how much economic gro growth we will have how much inflation we will have where the unemployment rate will be etc 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 because they are so smart they've obviously predicted everything they predicted the mortgage crisis and the, the gfc they predicted inflation um or wait a minute actually no they didn't predict any of those things did they that's right <laughs> all right so first thing i highlighted jerome powell set off another sharp fall in bond yields today this was friday uh but we see pretty much the same type of price action today monday It'd be, he said, it would be premature to conclude with confidence that we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive rate stance. And uh, this gentleman, this Benjamin person with Robo Bank says, obviously he intended to be hawkish, but the markets took that as dovish. And uh, that's why you saw, most likely, why we saw yields really crash on Friday. But it, it wasn't Friday, it was pretty much all week. I'd like to remind people of that. So if you're someone like me that believes that the bond market is sniffing out what's happening in the real economy and not necessarily predicting what the Fed will do, then uh, this is, in going back even prior to those yield drops on Friday, this is really big news. This is stuff that we got to pay attention to. So the next thing I wanted to highlight is the price action. Most of you know that gold uh, this morning, I think it's fallen off quite a bit now. In fact, it's really fallen off. I think that in and of itself is pretty big news, but hit an all-time high of $2,135 an ounce. Bitcoin, uh, I think, was up over 41000 So the author says, what does this tell us? If asset classes variously, variously disparage, okay, if uh, basically people disparage gold as a pet rock, Bitcoin as digital magical beans, <laughs> magic beans, magic beans, that's funny, are surging are we headed back to good times of the COVID bubble economy or are higher prices for zero yield monetary alternatives a signifier of the market's lack of confidence in the US dollar? I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say Bitcoin is a monetary alternative yet. I don't even know if a lot of the Bitcoin maxis would say that currently, currently Bitcoin is a zero yielding monetary asset. Maybe, but... That doesn't really matter how they're defining it. it. The the gist of this person's point is that maybe it's because the dollar is, uh, these people are very bearish on the dollar. The market's bearish on the dollar. So you have all of the this money going into gold and Bitcoin as a hedge against the drop 
and the value of the dollar. So basically the two alternatives that he's outlining is number one, we have a soft landing uh, that we go back to the to his description, COVID bubble economy. And this is where the Fed drops rates because we have inflation coming back down below 2%. And uh, the market takes off. We see the NASDAQ rip. I heard Kathy Woods on a podcast the other day. I mean, she's basically long duration, what they would call that. And therefore, you know, we see her portfolio really take off. I think she's done extremely well this year. It uh, doesn't make up for the huge declines that she had previously. Uh, but she's done, I don't know if it's 20, 30% up in her portfolio in the last few months or the, this year, trailing 12 months. But uh, so we see all of the, the long duration. We see the price going up. Uh, and then we see the S&P 500 going up. And then we see all of these things are basically pointing to, or all these assets, the price moves are pointing to one belief that this author points out that either we're going to have a soft landing or what's happening is because of these lower interest rates, the dollar is going to go down because of interest rate differentials. And therefore the market is predicting that the dollar goes down. So we have a soft landing or the market's predicting that the dollar is going down. Now I completely disagree with this. I don't think this is what the market is saying. Oh, well, actually I do. I, I, I do think it's the first, it's the uh, the former. And that I think the market is thinking that the Fed is going to start dropping rates. And this is a good thing uh, because they're getting inflation under control. We're seeing the numbers come in slightly negative, which is of no concern for these people. Uh, they think that as soon as the Fed drops rates from 5.25% down to four, down to three, whatever it is they do, then the economy is going to start picking back up. And then we're going to go right back in to this boom state that we saw in 2021 or 2022 when, uh, especially in 2021, when uh, you know interest rates were very, very low and asset prices were ripping higher. Bitcoin was ripping higher. I'm not sure what gold is doing, but NASDAQ was ripping higher. Uh, this long duration, right? Um, but I think what this ignores is what interest rates are telling us, not necessarily about what the Fed's going to do, but what's happening in the real economy. And let's just assume for a moment that interest rates are giving you a signal that the economy is very weak and that the economy is headed into a recession. Well, that's one option that the author doesn't go over, right? What if, what if the interest rates and the price of oil, we're gonna get to that in a moment, are giving you a signal that the economy is very weak headed into recession. And then the market is interpreting this as good news because the Fed's dropping rates, completely ignorant of the fact that the Fed would have to drop rates because the economy not is coming to a soft landing, but is coming to a hard landing. You see, it's, 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 diff it's a head scratcher to me because every single time that the Fed has dropped rates in the past, it's been a result of the economy going into recession. So why would this time be different? Why, out of all the times going back to 1950, would the Fed be able to stick the landing this time? Why would this be the first time? Why is this time different? And I think the answer is it's most likely not. But for some reason, the market just totally ignores this. So you look at, I think, you know, longer term, it's great to own gold. It's great to own Bitcoin. But what they're insinuating by this price action is that the Fed's going to gradually drop rates 
no landing. The economy takes off with lower and lower interest rates because the CPI gets below two. And it's it's almost like, you know, it's like that meme of the monkeys. Remember one's got their eyes closed. There's others got their ears uh, covered. And it's like they don't want to, they're, they're so anxious to have risk on. And they've got so much FOMO that they just want to buy, 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 buy. And they're completely ignoring the reality of what interest rates are really telling you. Not soft landing, but hard landing. You see, because in a hard land, so my point is, in a hard landing scenario, gold gold does well over the long term, but not in the short run. Uh, and I would argue, I mean, you don't have much history on Bitcoin, but if you look at what it did during the Cerveza sickness, it did not go up. Uh, in fact, if it, I'll, we'll look at a chart here in a moment, but I believe it went down by 50%. Because when you have a hard landing, when you have a recession, when you have a crisis situation, it is risk off. That That's positive for the dollar. And that would definitely be positive for treasuries. So uh, then his, his, his final assertion here that these prices are going up because of lack of confidence in the dollar Again, that doesn't make any sense to me. And he says, well, look at what's happened to the DXY. It's all the way down to 103. Yeah, 103 is still very, very high, extremely high. And here he talks about an argument for the DXY going lower because the Fed's going to drop rates because they have deflation. What? Look, if we have deflation and the Fed's dropping rates because prices are actually going down, what type of economy would we have to have? How bad would the recession if not economic depression, have to be for the United States to actually have deflation. Deflation, not disinflation, but where prices are actually going down. The last time we saw that was in 2009. How was the economy doing back then? So if we have a 2009 type of scenario, I mean, you think the dollar's going to go down? I mean, maybe, but, but not that much. Not that much, that's for sure. And if we do have a deflationary event like 2009, short term, and, and make sure you guys hear everything I'm saying here, short term, that would not be bullish for gold or Bitcoin. Now, longer term, it would be due to the central planner's response, but that's a se completely separate set of probabilities. You can't just sit there and say that, oh, well, I'm bullish on gold or Bitcoin for the next 10 years, and therefore, I think it's going to go up in a straight line. It just never works that way. So here he says, obviously, the modern view is that the rise in prices is to be preferred to the fall. So he's talking about the overall attitude of central bankers, that they prefer price increases as to uh, prices going down. Okay, this is true. But then what he does is he argues as to why they're going to keep interest rates artificially low as a result of this, uh, this belief, as if right now, or as if, the central planners moving into 2024 will have a decision to make, right? Do we keep prices the, or do we keep interest rates where they are, assuming they control interest rates to the degree to which they do? Um, because we think inflation is going to maybe pick back up or uh, do we think that inflation is coming back down? Do we don't want to drop rates right away because we want to get ahead of that because we want to make sure that we always have negative real rates because the government debt is so high and we need inflation to eat away at the debt, or we want to really uh, get ahead of some sort of uh, you know, consumer price deflation or even further disinflation. And again, I think this is completely missing the point. 
It's just, it's totally missing the point here. It's, it's like the, the reason for lower interest rates in this person's mind would exclusively be just because they want to promote inflation. Um, no, the, 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 the reason, especially during an inverted yield curve, the reason you're going to have rate drops is not because the Fed is just making a decision on projecting inflation. No, it's because you got a crisis for heaven's sakes. You got a financial crisis. You got a recession. You got a hard landing. This is why that uh, this is why the market's betting that the Fed is going to drop rates, not just because they you know, see 3.5% inflation and they'd prefer like 2.5. And therefore they're going to drop rates a little bit or faster than they, you would otherwise expect. And that's what all of these asset prices are picking up on. It's just, it's hard for me to believe that you can't see the elephant in the room here. You can't see the, the, the elephant in the room that's got hard landing tattooed on his forehead. Like we, we like we're sitting here talking about all this other stuff, and you're just ignoring that. Like like it doesn't even exist when that's the biggest component of global macro right now. It's astonishing. Let's get over some charts. We see the DXY is down. Yeah, it's down to 103 for heaven's sakes. If we look at it going back to uh, geez, let's go back to 1982, guys, and we can see Plaza Accord 1.0. I think there'll be a 2.0 150. And then uh, dot .com bust, basically, it got up to 117. And recently, we got up to 112. We're down to 103 now. But you look at the historic, uh, you know, where we have been since 1982. And like I said, 103 is very high. I mean, for heaven's sakes, down at, uh, you know, 2008, uh, the beginning of 2008, we were down at 70. 71. I think, <laughs> and we're at 103 right now. And people are talking about how there's a, 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 a people are afraid the dollar's crashing and that's why gold and Bitcoin are going up. What? It's, it's just, it's almost like these people, they want to push a narrative and they're going to cherry pick whatever data points back up that narrative. And they're going to completely ignore everything else. It's almost like what the mainstream media does right now about creating the news. You know, they don't report it, they create it, just like they did to Peter Schiff. It's a great example. You know, that hit piece that they did on Peter Schiff, they had the story that they wanted prior to even doing the story. So they sit there and put it up on the whiteboard or the blackboard or whatever it is they use. And they say, we want a story that makes Peter Schiff look like a bad guy. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and do all this investigative journalism. And we're going to come up with 100% of our research, but we're only going to take the 2% that kind of makes Peter Schiff like, look like a bad guy. And we're going to take the 98% and we're going to come that makes Peter Schiff look like a good guy. And we're going to completely ignore it. That's basically what financial experts do nowadays. It's just like the mainstream media. It's like some sort of, it, it, it's like mass formation psychosis. That's it's because it's like one of these things. It seems like it's just taken over the, the minds of, our entire society, regardless of what industry you're actually in. But let's get to more important things here, and that would be the yield on the 10-year treasury. 
uh, we're at 4.28. So if you guys, let's go to a chart here, just in case you guys haven't followed this on some recent videos. I mean, the, the let's look at a one-month chart where it has just gone straight down. In fact, let's go to a three-month chart where we peaked out around 5%. Remember, everybody's talking about supply, 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 deficits, supply, deficits, 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 deficits. And when everyone is on that side of the boat, as you would expect, the yields go straight down. When everyone's talking about the how the yields are never ever going to go down again and how they're only going to go straight up, you can bet they're going they're going they're going to go down and go down very quickly. So the next question is, what's the two year doing? Has gone down, but uh, it has not gone down as much as the ten year, and it's still you know it was hovering same thing right around five percent, five point one percent. Now it's down all the way four point six five. So what this is telling us is that we do have a, a steeper inversion, but now we're kind of hovering around, what would that be, call it 35 basis points. So that inversion got bigger, now it's kind of shrinking that delta a little bit as a result of the front end going down slightly more. I mean, at least um, the, the, the big moves are in the overall interest rates coming down. I don't know if I'd read too much between uh, the delta increasing or decreasing slightly. Now let's go over and look at a chart of oil prices. And here we go. I mean, just look at the title. Oil fails, fails, <laughs> falls, maybe fails would be better, on demand fears and over doubts of future OPEC plus cuts. See, so when you look at oil, when you look at the yield curve, now let's back up and look at the price of gold and the, the the NASDAQ or the price of Bitcoin through that lens, you see? And then you can see why those markets might be offsides, right? Because they definitely don't reconcile because gold, crypto, and the NASDAQ are telling you, okay, Fed's going to drop. This is all good thing for risk assets. Uh, you know, they're going to drop. The dollar's going to go down. That would most likely be good for risk assets as well. And we've got this no landing. We've got this soft landing. And therefore, you know, we got to get ahead of this. We got to buy, 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 buy. When the oil market and the bond market is telling you the exact opposite, they, well, to the degree to which uh, they're not thinking that the Fed's going to drop because of a soft landing, they're thinking the Fed's going to drop because of a hard landing. And, uh, and, and just to be very, very clear, I don't think the oil market cares about what the Fed's going to do. I don't think the bond market cares about what the Fed's going to do. They're giving us a signal as to what is happening in the real economy. What the people that I think are offsides are doing are misinterpreting that to think that these markets are focusing on the Federal Reserve and that these markets are completely oblivious to what's happening in the real economy. That's, I think, the biggest disconnect for me and the people that uh, you know buy this no landing, soft landing stuff. So now what I'd like to do is just go, and you know, who knows what happens to Bitcoin? It could completely go straight up from here. You know, you got the ETF stuff. You've got the, you know, it's it, for me, it's a bit bitter. It's bittersweet, right? Because I'm very happy that the price is going up and this just increases the probability that Bitcoin is going to be around for the long term, which gives us as freedom loving people an option to build an ecosystem or a financial system outside of the one that we currently have. And I don't see any downside to that. What, you know, I only see upside. I think that's fantastic. But on the same token, one of the reasons why I really like Bitcoin is because it offers us a, a, um, a system that has not yet been financialized or is almost, uh, you know, could be an alternative to the monetary system that we have right now 
that could be an alternative to Wall Street, right? I think one of the big problems with the U.S. economy is that it is so financialized. And that was one of the reasons why I'm excited. I was, and I'm still very excited about Bitcoin is because it offers us a system that is not financialized, right? So I think that's great that the price is going up because it increases the probability it's going to be around here, giving us that option. But on the same token, it's a little bit disheartening that the price is going up. And one of the main reasons likely the price is going up is because it's becoming financialized. It's becoming a part of that financial system that I had hoped it would circumvent. Just food for thought. But getting back to March of uh, 2020, Bitcoin right around, uh, call it 10 grand, and it dropped to, call it 5,300, something like that. So it went down by about 50%. And if you believe that we're going into a GFC 2.0, if you believe that we're going to have a hard landing, then you've also got to believe that that's going to be a headwind for Bitcoin, which behaves as a risk asset. Hopefully it won't in the future but it has for the most part um, over the past uh, few years, we'll call it. And now let me be clear, that's a, that's a headwind. It doesn't mean that the price will go down because there's multiple, uh, th there's a lot of variables and there's several different cross currents. That's just one cross current that could offer or that would offer a headwind. And then you got to determine what the tailwind's going to be on top of that. And But what we see is usually in a big crisis, or a crash, that pretty much overwhelms every other factor. And it's the exact same thing for gold. So if we look at that, uh, you guys know, I'm sure that you're right around Lehman Brothers, gold completely crashed. So again, GFC, it, it did not rip higher, it crashed. And then it ripped higher. That That's, that's the key here. So if we look at a chart of gold, uh, let's see if we can go back. Let's go back five years and then try to look at the GFC. And gold right around... We've got March of 2020 at 1672, and then it crashed down to uh, uh, under 1500 within the matter within a matter of two weeks. You see, this is what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> this is what I'm referring to, and uh, I'm not saying build don't build a position. I'm, you know, you guys know me with gold. I always buy regardless of the price, but I'm saying that. You know, if, if, if you believe that we're going into this hard landing, then you also must believe that that's going to, for a very short period of time when people need liquidity, gold and or Bitcoin is going to be the only liquidity available because it's doing its job because there's no counterparty risk, right? But that means there's going to be a lot more sellers than buyers. But what happens is the response to that crisis is usually very positive for uh, these type of assets. So it just gives you a great buying opportunity. So I think that's great news if you're someone that's bullish on these assets long-term. But now let's go back to the GFC. And uh, let's see, 2008. So beginning of 2008, we're at 950. Let me try to zoom in on that so it's a little easier to see. Here we go. So right around 2008, we're starting off around nine, we'll call it 950. And then right when we had uh, Lehman Brothers, it drops down from 950 to call it 910, 914, which doesn't sound like a lot, but as far as a percentage, you know that's pretty significant. You've got a decline of let's say eight percent or so. So not really an outright crash or anything, but it did go down. And again, it's because of that lack of liquidity. People are selling anything on their balance sheet that they possibly can. And the fact that the price is going down, I mean, to me, this is a good thing because it just shows 
that actually it probably crashed more than that because this is just a monthly chart. So enter, yeah, let me actually do that. I can't change the one month. If we had like a daily chart or even a weekly chart, I'll bet you it went down a lot more than that. It's just looking at the closing price at the end of every single month. So I'll bet you right around Lehman, um, it went down probably you know, 10, 15%, something like that. So I think the main takeaway with these uh, assets that are ripping higher and going to all-time highs in the case of gold is this is great news. Uh, in the case of Bitcoin, I think this is very good news, although it is bittersweet for me because um, I, I just don't, it's, it's weird because I, you, know, you hear all the Bitcoin maxis always talk about how it's great that this offers us something outside of the financial system. But then I'm also supposed to be super excited that Bitcoin's becoming more financialized. Like for me, it's, it's one or the other. And for me personally, I, I'm much more excited about Bitcoin giving us an alternative outside of the financial system. So when I see it being adopted by BlackRock or any of these, to me, that, that, that's a negative, even if it's positive for the price. But as far as gold, it's behaving uh, just the way that you would expect uh, if the market is assuming that the Fed's going to drop rates. But the market, I believe, is slightly off sides here because they're assuming that the Fed's going to be dropping rates just because they're going to get control of inflation and they're completely oblivious for whatever reason to the elephant in the room. And that's that the market isn't predicting what the Fed's going to do. It's predicting what the economy is doing and what it's going to do in the future. And if you look at it through that lens, you see that that's probably bearish uh, for the price of Bitcoin and gold short term, but very, very bullish long term. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.